Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome into the Arrowhead Addict podcast. I am your host, Grant Tuttle, and today, as always, we'll be talking about the Chiefs, the AFC West, and the rest. I am flying solo today. Uh, Rylan is out uh, because he is a busy, busy man, just as I am. And uh, I do apologize for the last couple weeks. Uh, we have not gotten out the content that we have um, wanted to. Uh, Rylan recorded the solo podcast last week. This week, I will be doing a solo podcast. Um, I just got engaged. I'm in the middle of moving. I just started my master's degree. Um, so <laughs> things are a little hectic around here. Um, I, I hope you will forgive me. We will work on that to uh, try to get out more content in the coming weeks. Um, but let's before I bore you with what I'm doing, let's jump into it. Uh, let's get started on some uh, Chiefs content. So, this week it was announced that Tyreek Hill's case was never actually reopened. Um, investigators are looking into the possibility of Tyreek Hill's fiance, Crystal Espinal. Um, they're looking into the idea that she might be suffering from Munchausen by proxy disorder, uh, which means that she would create fictitious disorders and problems for her children that don't really exist. Um, and so this is, this is of course, extremely rare and difficult to prove. Uh, so this Tyreek Hill thing just continues to throw uh, weird reason to the shit that they throw reason to the wind and uh, it doesn't really seem to have any formal course that that it, these kind of things normally take. Um, so there has been no timetable for the league's response to the investigation. And so, at Arrowhead Addict, we will continue to monitor the situation, but in my opinion, it's just been kind of a headache. Uh, we've gone through this roller coaster of emotions where um, far too many people, I believe, have been jumping to his defense when he de deserves no benefit of the doubt um, due to his past. But that being said, he is not guilty at this point in time. Um, there is no criminal investigation. It was closed and it was never reopened, despite um, news reports that said that it could be. Um, so I don't think that we need to rush to conclude that Tyreek Hill is in innocent, but also not that he's guilty. Um, this whole child abuse situation is something that um, has been a stain on the Chiefs has been a stain on the organization and hopefully will be figured out soon because I don't know about you, but I cannot take this garbage in my newsfeed for uh, much longer before I lose my mind. 
Um, so moving on to more fun topics because there's not really a whole lot to add to the Tyreek Hill thing that you haven't already heard. Um, we'll be again we'll be monitor, monitoring it, but I would rather talk about things that are more exciting and fun um, and light. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about um, what we've heard about OTAs and mini camp, um, and so. Starting up with the big news of the week is that Damian Williams was named the starting running back. Andy Reid announced that the team would use Damian Williams as the starting running back. Uh, I think that Damian Williams has a good chance of being a great role player uh, for the Chiefs offense. Uh, He's not an all-star. He's not a Christian McCaffrey uh, all-star kind of guy. He's not Todd Gurley in his prime. He's not any of those guys. Um, but he has worked his butt off to get to where he is. Uh, and in Miami, he developed a reputation for being a hard worker and a guy that could block, could catch out of the backfield, could do everything that you asked of him. And so I think that that's exactly what's going to happen in Kansas City. I think you're, you're going to see him being a great role player. He'll be able to catch out of the backfield. He'll take a few carries. Um, he'll take the majority of them, but still a few in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid-led offense. Um, and so I think that we'll see a lot of, of what he can do this year. Um, and I think that it, Williams will get the majority of the snaps, but I think we'll still see a heavy dose of Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson is an interesting player that I am excited to see in training camp. Um, if I get the opportunity to go out there, um, if I don't, then I'll, I'm sure I'll see it on Twitter, what's going on there. Um, but also... I'm excited to see him in the preseason. I think he's the only other lock on the roster uh, at running back. I I think that he is a lock because of what his upside is uh, and that the Chiefs used a draft pick on him and expected to use a fifth round on him. Uh, Or was he a fifth or fourth? I can't remember. But they they, um, wanted him around earlier, and they lucked out and got him the next round. I do remember that. Sorry, my my mind has been occupied for a long time. Uh, but um, so I, in turn, I think this this is uh, this is going to be an interesting battle in camp and and throughout the preseason. Um, Daryl Williams, who is a fan favorite, uh, I I'm not as high on Daryl Williams. I think he's got some ability, he's got some power, but at the same time, I don't see um, I don't see that enormous upside like other people seem to. Uh, so I'd say look out Daryl Williams and look out Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde got signed to the one-year deal this offseason uh, and has had a few good years of his career. Uh, that being said, I don't think that he is a lock to make this roster, especially when you when you compare him to Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is cheaper and younger. Is he better? I guess we will find out. Um, we'll see even if uh, James Williams, the undrafted free agent, free agent can make the 53 man uh that third and fourth third third especially uh fourth maybe if they keep a fourth running back spot is open and up for grabs um so we will we will keep an eye on that throughout the offseason um there's to make a note chris jones is still not at otas uh andy reed basically just said um, people who are here get better. Those who are not here don't. Um, 
So I don't think that was anything to take a shot at Chris Jones for not being there. I think it was more of a, we're going to talk about the people who are here kind of thing. Um, but Chris Jones has been taking some uh, workout videos, and so I've been able to see him, and he looks like a monster. He might have an even better year under Steve Spagnolo in the scheme he will fit as the that guy that kind of does everything and will be I, I, ex, I expect Steve Spagnuolo to move him around uh, outside, inside, playing everything. Um, I cannot see a scenario in which Chris Jones does not have a 10-plus sack year. Um, I believe he will have a monster season. So, um, Chris Jones is waiting on that extension. We will see um, in the coming weeks, especially if the Chiefs don't use that cap space they just got from getting rid of Eric Berry. Um, I I expect them to either use that towards Chris Jones or they'll uh, put it towards a cornerback that we're just not seeing yet, or both. We could see that. Um, I just can't imagine Brett Veach just sitting on a pile of cash and just <laughs> not doing anything with it because, you know, Veach gets bored. Um, so I would keep an eye on that. Um Andy Reid said that Travis Kelsey should be ready to go by camp, and uh, that should that's good news for um, the Chiefs' offense. Um, the the whole thing where he got a, his cleanup surgery, I never thought he would miss much time. There was a question asked at the presser whether he would be ready to go by um, mini camp, and Andy Reid kind of said, "Nah, it's not happening." But they expect him at training camp, so his progression has been pretty good. Um, Nate Taylor with The Athletic released an article about Miko Hardman doing well picking up the playbook and uh, adapting his gameplay to it quickly. Uh, I think this is important for how raw Hardman is as a, as a guy. There's been a lot of criticism about his um, drafting so early, but I think if they feel they can develop him like they, like they probably can, uh, it was probably worth the pick. Now, maybe he won't have a great year this season. A lot of young wide receivers don't. Um, but the fact that he is doing well in the complex Andy Reid system means really good things um, for the future. Now, I'm not going to go out and say Hardman is a um, all-star, and I don't think that I don't think that it, it's fair to compare him to um, players like Chad Johnson, but that's exactly what Eric Bieniemy did. Eric Bieniemy um, compared him in the in the their first uh, video of the season. I, I forget what they're called. Um, they called he called him uh, he compared him to Chad Ochocinco. Now Chad Ochocinco slash Chad Johnson. Just make the distinction there. Um, but. Um, this is high praise from Eric Bieniemy. He must have really liked what he saw, and I'm sure he had some say in the draft process. I can't see the I, I can see the athletic profile lining up with Chad Johnson a little bit, um, but he's going to have to show me a lot from what I saw from the college tape. He, his game would have to be polished and um, improved a lot before I would even put his name near Chad Johnson's. Um, that being said, I think he will stretch the field uh, for the Chiefs, and he is another 
electric kind of player. I mean, he's really good in the open field. Uh, he didn't get a lot of opportunity at Georgia to show what he could do. Um, so Hardman could be a very good role player in the offense. And honestly, when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and you have Sammy Watkins, role players are unbelievably valuable because you don't need those all-stars. You need good, solid role players. And I think Hardman has a chance of doing that right away, despite not being an excellent route runner at this point in time and not being an an excellent player at this time. So uh, speaking of people who can stretch the field, Byron Pringle, former K-Stater, shout out to those people who are K-State fans in the area, uh, has been getting some reps with the ones. Now, this might be just due to the fact that Tyreek Hill is not in attendance. He is still under suspension and out of team activities. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. Um, but the fact that Pringle has been able to get some reps from Demarcus Robinson might speak to another camp battle. They were, the Chiefs were going to add Pringle to the active roster last year before he went down with, I believe, a calf injury. Calf or hamstring, and I can't remember which. Um, but when he went down with the injury, Andy Reid kind of came out and said, well, he would have made the roster, so it's just unfortunate that he didn't, didn't uh, make it all the way through uh, healthy. Um, so I think that it's not... It's not a hot take. Like, I've seen so many people say, hot take, Byron Pringle Pringle is better than Demarcus Robinson. I don't think that's a hot take. Um, Pringle was good last year. He's good this year at at what he does. He's good at what he does. He probably understands the offense better than Demarcus Robinson because Robinson has struggled to pick up on what he's supposed to know for the offense and what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes expect from him. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes made him look good from time to time last season, but I I don't think it's a hot take to say Pringle's a better wide receiver than Demarcus Robinson. And if we're making predictions right now, I would say Pringle would make the roster spot. If it came down to Pringle and Robinson, I would guess Pringle would get the spot over Robinson. Pringle has more um, has more upside, is younger is commanding less salary. There's no way in my mind that Brett Veach would choose Robinson over Pringle if it came to that. So um, while he got some reps with the ones, that might be surprising to some, not to me. He's a playmaker. He was good at K-State. He's he's a, a quick player and, and solid. He's a solid guy. And the way the Chiefs are building this, this receiving core is non-traditional yet incredible um Tyreek Hill's a shorter fast guy Miko Hardman's a shorter fast guy uh Byron Pringle's a shorter fast guy they have so much speed that they can take the top off they can run away from defenders they are the Chiefs are kind of revolutionizing the way that we think about wide receivers we'll see if it works uh, if the revolution is is warranted and going to work, we'll see. Um, but they are definitely going a non-traditional route. Um, we're not seeing the emphasis on those big wide receivers like we used to. Like Brandon Marshall always used to be a hot commodity because he was a 6'4 guy that could catch the ball in the back of the end zone. Um, like Players like that aren't, aren't 
doing it anymore. It's not it's not an emphasis on that. I think that's part of the reason we didn't see um, we we didn't see DK Metcalf go in the first round. Um, he was projected by a lot of guys to be a top ten pick because he was so big and he could run so fast, but his shiftiness wasn't there. And I think you got to be shifty. I think you got to you got to have a twitch to you. I think that's why we saw um, we we've seen kind of a trend over the last couple of years of of liking these shorter, faster, um, quicker, more explosive receivers. Um, and I don't think contested catches are the way of the game anymore. And I think the Chiefs realize that and are pushing forward. So expect Pringle to make the roster at this point in time, and expect. Um, these kind of players to get get touches um, in a um, spread offense that Patrick Mahomes will be running. So speaking of spread, um, speaking of the way that the offense works, we don't really have a number two tight end. So I I'm thinking about uh, questions that we're going to have going forward. And so who is the Chiefs' number two tight end? After a strange time with John Phillips, which lasted about, what, three days, four days, five days, a week, a week and a half, I have no idea. Again, I've been unplugged. I have wanted to pay more attention than I've gotten to. Um, But after this short time with John Phillips, uh, Kansas City moved on. They released him, and he seemed to me to be the guy that was going to be the number two tight end. They cut him. And so now they have a couple guys. Andy Reid mentioned that fullbacks on the team may get some looks in training camp at tight end, which makes me squirm and uncomfortable to think about about uh, Anthony Sherman lining up at tight end. No thanks. I like him as much as the next guy. He's a, he's a good blocking fullback. He's a guy that can sometimes make a few plays here or there. At tight end, at number two tight end, no thanks. So... I would assume the Chiefs will add somebody else, but at this point in time, the Chiefs like Deion Yelder. They seem to like Blake Bell. They just added Nick Kaiser, um, and there's this David Wells who played with San Francisco. Um, But none of these guys seem like great players to me, and I hope they're competing for the third tight end role. Um, They they seem to like Yelder and Bell uh, maybe the most, at least comments of these guys. They're bigger blocking kind of guys. None of them are overly athletic. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but if Travis Kelsey went down with injury and these guys are your number two tight ends, yikes. I think you'd be in serious trouble. So I would keep an eye on the tight end market as we get closer to the camp cutdowns and things like that. The Chiefs might be in the market for one of those guys. So an interesting um, story that came out recently was that Jordan or Jordy Nelson, um, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, and after a short stint with the Raiders, retired. Um, but he told family members um, that if the Chiefs offered, he would play for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, will this happen? I have no idea. Uh, it's. <laughs> when when players ask to be on teams, they don't just magically add. It has to be a a want on both sides. So, does Brett Veach want to bring in a wily veteran like Jordy Nelson? Um, I don't know. He he's more of a possession a possession receiver, which is not 
typically what the Chiefs use. But he has had success, so I don't I don't know. He he's a he's a solid player, and if they're not confident that Michael Hardman can come in and do well right off the bat, maybe, maybe so. Maybe if they think Byron Pringle needs more time to develop, maybe they will bring in Jordy Nelson. Um, but I would like to see it uh, at this point in time. Tyreek Hill has a lot of questions surrounding him, obviously. Sammy Watkins seems to always get injured. So it makes sense. I I don't see the the negative impact of Jordy Nelson uh, on a one-year deal. Um, If you do, please let us know. Uh, I would love to to hear comments on this, see comments on the episode, see uh, ratings and reviews. If you want to review me and say that I'm an idiot and that I don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Uh, just leave those reviews uh, so we can reach out to more people and share my idiocy or whatever you think this is. So uh, there's my little shameless plug. But um, moving on to the next question uh, that I think that is on the Chiefs' mind, Chiefs fans' minds, um, what difference is Steve Spagnolo making in Kansas City? Recently, we've seen some interviews where players have been gushing about Spagnuolo's hands-on, in-your-face kind of coaching. It's easy and safe to say he is the complete opposite of Bob Sutton. The, the, the Chiefs not only went out and got somebody else that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't Bob Sutton, they got somebody who was the antithesis of Bob Sutton. So, what I envision in the uh, Steve Spagnuolo scheme he's not going to be the guy that comes in and is a savior. He's not like a, an incredible defensive mind. He's not a Bill Belichick. He's not going to make the Chiefs a top five defense. I don't see that happening. No matter what kind of talent the Chiefs have this year, going from last to first just doesn't seem to happen. However, I believe that we might see a hybrid style that will be very fun to watch. I, With Steve Spagnuolo sitting out for a year, he has had plenty of time to carve out new plans for a defense that has been um, that will be tested in a passing league, so I, I still expect that four three and bits and pieces of former Spags schemes, but it could be an inventive and different kind of defense that we have not seen uh, in the NFL and anywhere. So I am excited to see what he brings. Uh, we won't see into the regular season because nobody really shows what they're doing in the um, preseason. But we might see bits and pieces, like we saw bits and pieces of fun things that Andy Reid Reed wanted to do with the offense. But it's it'll have to be week one, most likely, before we see how this Spagnolo defense works. So I do think they'll be better, strictly because coaches. Coaches, coaches, coaches. Um, Bob Sutton, in my opinion, was actually a detriment to the defense. I think that it, it, we've seen this before. Um I don't know if everybody remembers Clancy Pendergast um, when he was when he was defensive coordinator uh, with Todd Haley at the helm. I remember I can't remember which which player it was, but there was a player that was interviewed and said, "Yeah, he just kind of says, you're all professionals. You know what to do. Just do it." What? That's not how you coach. That's not coaching. That is just laziness and. I believe we saw a lot of that with Bob Sutton. We saw laziness and an inability to adjust and change things up. I don't think we're going to worry about that with Steve Spagnuolo. 
I, I think he's got a Brandon Daly has been complimented by Chiefs defensive linemen up and down. So I I think that what we're going to see is going to be completely different, and I, I, I'm thrilled, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, however, there is a spot on defense that the Chiefs are still worried about, other than linebacker. There are people that are still worried about linebacker, and I am too. Uh, I don't really know how they're going to line up, but the real question now is are the Chiefs satisfied at cornerback? I don't know. They have been looking. They were looking during the draft process. They interviewed a whole bunch of people. They ultimately decided to trade that first round pick uh get a great defensive end that will wreak havoc in this particular scheme they did that but what about corner i don't know the chiefs could be decided on the fact that they have kendall fuller charvarius ward and bashad breland they could be their guys i don't know breland has had on and off career. Kendall Fuller has been a very good slot corner. Charvarius Ward is a complete and utter question mark. I cannot I cannot feel comfortable with this three, but a gamble can pay off. If they believe Charvarius Ward can be that guy and people just overlooked him. Now mind you, Chris Harris for the Broncos, he was an undrafted free agent. Traverius Ward, undrafted free agent. I'm not saying they're the same player, but I'm just saying. Um, maybe that there's more there than what we realize. Or maybe the Chiefs are going to do what they did last year and bring in, like, freaking Orlando Skandrick and the other guy from the Raiders who couldn't cover. Uh, name not coming to me, but terrible, terrible players. Maybe they're doing that, and I hope I hope they're not. But, um, yeah, that, that could be what we're seeing at corner. I still believe they're going to be in the market and looking throughout the offseason at the cornerback position. I can't imagine a scenario in which they didn't add more talent because that three scares the living daylights out of me. But... Um, as promised, we're going to talk about the AFC West um, and the rest, of course. The NFL meaning the rest. Um, so, Carson Wentz signed a four-year, $128 million extension. Um, one of the hilarities of this is that Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott will probably get a similar number. Um, Dak Prescott. Whew. And knowing Jerry Jones, he might get more. So, what does this mean for the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes, if if Wentz is getting $128 million in an extension, Dak might get more. Patrick Mahomes is at least getting $200 million. That is just fact. I would expect Patrick Mahomes to do what Russell Wilson did and ask for a percentage of the cap. And if I'm the Chiefs, I'm saying, absolutely, what do you want? And I'm giving him what he wants. Uh, the Chiefs haven't had this. You put a, you make a, your, your starting guy upset that he hasn't gotten re-signed. That's dumb. That's bad business. Sign Patrick Mahomes ASAP as soon as he wants it, when he wants it, as much as he wants. That's my policy on it. And I will not, if he asked for 50% of the cap, I would be like, well, at least we'll win eight to nine games. So, I mean, like, um, 
like I just I don't know I I think that you can't really just sit around and hope that Patrick Mahomes lowers his cost because there's there's no reason to upset the best player that we've had in decades so um staying on the track of um of these teams that are trying to make big transitions Carson Wentz has been hurt um but he might bounce back and so they want to they want to lock him up long term and I understand why because he's a solid player when he's healthy now for a team like the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes is he's a young guy he's the MVP he's got nowhere to go but stay the same at the MVP race or get better he's not getting worse like his overall playability not getting worse so while the Chiefs are doing that and the Eagles are doing that the Raiders are quickly trying to become one of the toughest or I would say dirtiest or dumbest but they would probably say toughest teams in the AFC West and in the NFL after adding Richie Incognito to the offensive line, I'm just rolling my eyes. They have added they've added Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito, and they're talking about being tough. This isn't tough. This does this kind of football doesn't exist anymore. We're in a finesse league. You can have these guys that will bury you into the ground. Vontez Perfect has like eight thousand concussions. Richie Incognito has mental issues where he has bullied people because he's got rage issues. I just I I I guess this is what John Gruden thinks he can manage. I'm glad they gave him the 10-year deal because he's he's got to be worth that kind of money if he's going to organize uh, and, and adding Antonio Brown to the mix. He's going to have to deal with all these different personalities. John Gruden is going to be able to do that? Come on. Come on. I've seen Raiders fans talking about how they're they're competing with the Chiefs for first. Nah, they're competing for third place. And uh, at this point, this seems more like a train wreck than it does improvement. Um, and that's I'll leave it at that because I don't think I don't think the um, Raiders are taking good steps. They're taking steps to the side and arguably steps backwards. So. The Broncos will probably be competing for that third spot. Um, by the way, I've been seeing this Joe Flacco hype coming from the Joe, coming from the the Broncos fan base, and that is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Um, John Elway talking about Joe Flacco being in his his prime uh, at thirty plus, playing for the. <laughs> the Denver Broncos is laughable and uh, I hope to see the social media team from Denver to continue to pump out that kind of substance because that is wonderful keep it coming guys Um, anyway one of the most interesting news stories that I've seen around the NFL um, has to do with Larry Fitzgerald saying Kyler Murray knows the offense better than the veterans in Arizona so Kyler Murray might have a really high quarterback IQ. Cliff Kinsbury is still the head coach. That's not changing for the next year at least. But with a quarterback that high IQ and electric playmaking ability, we will be watching. He will be one of the most talked about players in the NFL for the next season because of the way he plays, because of the way he's different than 
other quarterbacks. So I am excited, but I don't want to see those Mahomes <laughs> uh, comps. Let's not do that. Let's not compare Mahomes and Kyler Murray because that's ridiculous. Just stop. Just stop. Don't do it. Um, anyway, uh, some of the final news is that uh, we haven't recorded since Gerald McCoy went to the Panthers and Dominican Sue to the Bucks. Uh, so that will be an interesting little rivalry in the same division. Uh, but I, I think that maybe the Chiefs jumped on the signing defensive lineman wagon too quickly. I don't think they anticipated McCoy and Sue being available for this long. Um, that being said, I wouldn't have wanted Sue. I'm kind of surprised Sue didn't go to the Raiders just so they could have another dirty player and uh, feel good about themselves. But McCoy, the Chiefs add McCoy. That defensive line goes from one of the weakest to one of the strongest in nothing flat. Uh, I mean, weakest as in last year. This year, they're they're good. They're, they're very deep, and they have a lot of talented football players. Um, so... Yeah, we'll we'll keep in uh, we'll keep in touch. Um, please uh, review, uh, like, subscribe, and comment. I love seeing comments. I love it when people say hi. Um, say what you got to say about the podcast. If you if you hate it, fine. Um, but we will see you in the coming weeks. Hopefully, our schedules adjust a little bit. Um, go Chiefs! We're going to be looking forward to training camp and um, I'm sure that there'll be all kinds of players that people fall in love with and we'll be keeping tabs on that and talking about some of the things that have happened throughout training camp and throughout uh, mini camp so with that I'm Grant Tuttle be good to yourselves Uh, be good to one another I don't know what Rylan says anyway signing off Everybody have a wonderful day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Goodbye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning shingles are designed to offer long lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130 mile per hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big.